to say good morning to you on Christmas Day. It's good to see those who have made it. Uh, I know that some have other commitments, and I know that some um, are not well, and they can't get today. And our Ukrainian friends, they're meeting separately just now, but they'll join us for tonight's meeting. But you have come. If there's anything that's going to inspire you on any Sunday, any Lord's Day, to come to church, surely it's Christmas Day. It's this day that is set aside to mark the fact that God became man and dwelt among us. We wouldn't want to miss that. And we want to praise the Lord today by singing together paraphrase 36. <coughs> my soul and spirit filled with joy, my God and Savior praise, whose goodness did from poor estate his humble handmaid raise. Seated. On this final Lord's Day of the year, and it happens to be Christmas Day, we come to the final Psalm 150. It is our Psalm for today. As you reach for your Bible and you follow it, some of you might have difficulty seeing, or one of you, because there's a pair of glasses found in the car park uh, this morning, and uh, they're willing to say who it is. It's not Robin, it's not Robin. But if you watch carefully who Robin gives them to, you'll know who it is. <laughs> there you go. The outside casing is a little bit damp, but it's damp outside. 
Let's read together Psalm 150. And we're here to praise the Lord. And these closing psalms, as you know, are full of praise and adoration to God for who he is and all that he's done. And of course, the great encouragement and exhortation for you and I as God's people to praise him. And this is a day of praise. This is a day when you want to be in God's house to praise the Lord for Christ who came into the world. Your dinner is important. Your presents, I know, are important, especially for the children and all those other things that go along with Christmas. But nothing is more important than remembering who we are, why we are, who we are, what God has done for us in the sending of his Son into this world. And so we are here to worship the Lord today. And this is the, the chief part of what Christmas is all about. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance or organ. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And that is praise ye Jehovah. The sound of hallelujah, which means praise ye the Lord. Let's bow together as we seek the Lord in prayer. As we do so, just a few things to mention particularly. First of all, the Reverend James Beggs and family, we sympathize with the Lord's servant and the death of Mrs. Margaret Beggs as she passed away a couple of nights ago to be with the Lord. And our hearts are with the Reverend Beggs. The funeral service, just to mention this now, is in Ballymena, God willing, on Wednesday at one o'clock. I know many of you will want to go to that. We remember Wesley, and it's good to see Wesley in God's house today. And we continue to remember Peter. Peter got out of hospital late last night. He wanted to be here, uh, but it was late and he's tired. You can convey our love and regards to him, Marlene and Simon. We're thinking about him continually. And of course, at this time of the year, think of our missionaries that are out in the field, especially Noreen, so far away from family at this time, and our Bible college students too. Good to see David here, and we remember Greg, he's preaching in Korean today. So let's pray together. <coughs> Heavenly Father, as we come to the house of God today, we come to do what this psalm is exhorting us to do, and that is to praise the Lord, to rejoice in Him. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And Lord, we lift our Ebenezer to the Lord this day at the beginning of the service. And we say, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. And he has helped us in so many ways. He has helped the sick. And we've just mentioned some particularly that have been in hospital in recent days. And we want to acknowledge the help given to them in these days and hours of recovery. And we pray that thou will continue to bless them. Wesley that's here, Peter at home. May your healing hand be upon them. The others that have been in our minds and hearts in these days that are sick and laid aside, we commend again to your grace. And Lord, we thank you for helping the, the sorrowing. And we're not unmindful of the Beggs family today. We pray for the Reverend 
James begs in his sorrow in his family circle that in this time when his dear wife has been called to higher heights, called to glory, that thou would remember those that are left behind. Because we know, we know it's well with, him, with her. We know that it's absent from the body and present with the Lord as far as Mrs. Beggs is concerned. We know that it is joy, joy unspeakable and, and full of glory, but not so for those that remain because there's a very human aspect to this and we acknowledge that, the pain of parting, separation as far as this earth is concerned. And Lord, therefore, those that grieve today, we commit into the hands of a loving God, the God of all comfort and the Father of mercies, that thou wilt be with them. Remember our sister Joy Miller and her family in the death of her uncle. We commit them also to your care. We pray that you will draw graciously near and go with them in sorrow. For our students, we thank you for them helping them through another term of college, examinations too. And we pray as they get a little rest over the Christmas time that thou will be with them and their families. Remember Greg today as he preaches your word in Coleraine, fill them with the Holy Spirit and with power. Bless David, bless their wives and their families. We commit them into your care. Remember Jonathan today as he continues to seek out the mind and the will of God that thou will be with him and direct his path. Remember to Panker in India. Thank thee for all that the Lord has been able to do in and through his servant. And as he preaches today, may he know God's anointing too in his ministry. Lord, we want to acknowledge again the, the fact that Christ has come. We want to glory in this today. Uh, the one, the Sabbath, at this time of the year that ought to draw us to the place of worship surely must be as we acknowledge that God became man and dwelt among us, that deity joined to humanity, that there was one that left the ivory palaces of glory, condescended, humbled himself, came into this world, was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. O oh Lord, we rejoice afresh in the coming of our Savior to do all that he came to do as our mediator, and representative. And Lord, may our hearts be filled with joy and wonder and adoration as we sing the hymns together, many of these hymns that, that remind us of the Savior's birth. Lord, may our hearts be filled with that joy unspeakable and full of glory. Bless tonight's meeting also. Remember those who take part. Pour out your spirit this day and Give us a good day in God's house. Remember those that are joining us on the internet. Be with them too, just where they are. All these things we pray in Jesus' worthy name. Amen. Go through the announcements quickly. We, we bid you a welcome in the Savior's name. We'll let those folks come on in. There's a few people still to come in. Either they're very early for a 12 o'clock meeting or they're a little bit late. But it's good to have you. We welcome you all. We welcome those that are tuning in on the internet. We remind you that there is the special meeting tonight at 7 o'clock. Our choirs will sing the youth choir, the Hebron choir. We look forward to that. Uh, we have a piano recital this evening, and we also have the Ukrainian choir. They will sing. So come and bring others with you. We, we will pray from 6.30 onwards. 
This being a, a special week and a holiday time and coming up to the end of the year, we always move our midweek to the 31st, and that happens to be Saturday night. And uh, therefore, the prayer meeting will be at 9 o'clock, okay, don't, that announcement says 8, but it's 9 o'clock. The refreshments will be at 10 o'clock and the watch night service at 11. Come to the church to pray with us at 9 and then enjoy a time of fellowship in between the prayer time and the watch night service, which will be at 11. And if those who took part over Christmas are able to sing, we would love to have you at the 11 o'clock meeting. It's also a testimony night, giving opportunity for people just to, to say something by way of testimony. God has blessed you, helped you through then we look forward to hearing that. And then we, we'll bring a wee short message at the end just as we say goodbye to the past year of 2022 and in the will of God enter the new one of 2023. Remember the Lord's Day. We will have prayer at 8 o'clock. It'll be a late night, but for those that are able to get up in the morning and come to pray, we'd love to see you. Sunday school and Bible class at the usual times, worship service, 12 noon. I want to preach on a motto text for the incoming year. And then it is family night at 7 o'clock, preceded by the time of prayer. Thank you sincerely for your tithes and offerings to God's work. Today is home mission outreach, and next week is let the Bible speak and missionary covenant support. Just to mention again that the free will envelopes and the missionary covenant envelopes are available. We will soon have our missionary weekend. And we're, we're glad to be able to say that that will take place from the 6th through to the 8th of January. There's a wee banner at the top there. I don't know where it's gone, but it was there earlier and it's disappeared Anyhow, various reports will take place from around the world, including Brazil, Uganda, Romania, and Ukraine. And there'll be missionary reports from the Reverend Kurskaden, who's outgoing missionary to Uganda, and from Pastor Palenkov and uh, our brother Samuel Johnson. He will speak a little bit, and Keziah will speak a little bit about the, the Ugandan BBS that took place in 2019, which was the last one that our young people went on. And then, uh, remember the Friday night, there'll be a missionary challenge by way of testimony from Dr. Bill Woods in the will of God, and I will bring a very short closing challenge to those who gather. On the Saturday night, we have Dr. John Wagner with us to preach the word, give the missionary challenge. On the Sunday morning, uh, the Reverend Reggie Kimbrough We'll give the missionary challenge, and then Sunday night we've asked uh, Donald Fleming to come and report on things that are happening in Ukraine. Ukraine has been very much integrated with this congregation since last April when our friends arrived. And so as we think of missionary weekend, we think of the land of Ukraine also. Remember, on the Saturday morning there is the New Year breakfast organized by our school. That's the 7th of January, 8.30 to 12.00. 30 p.m. And you're welcome to come to that and support our school. Continue to pray for the sake of the congregation, those that we love and are connected to us, and remember all the needs in the land of Ukraine. 
Just to mention, as we did on Thursday night, the, the three pallets arrived safely, uh, not today, that was Thursday, uh, arrived safely in Romania that we sent out, and the very first chicken coop is being erected. Uh, so we're able to fund at least 10 of these, and we're very glad about that. I want to just take a moment to congratulate Sam Wilson. I'm sure you'll not want me to mention this, but I'll mention it anyhow. But Sam has a very, very significant birthday today, and uh, I'm sure he'll not mind me mentioning the tremendous age that he's reached, and that is his 90th birthday on Christmas Day. So, Sam, we wish you well. Trust the Lord will bless you, encourage you and your family. Um, we'll mention Sarah. Sarah's not 90, but she's also got a birthday on Christmas Day. I always think it's very sad to have a Christmas Day birthday and Christmas at the same time. But maybe you're glad when you get double the amount of presents. And uh, we trust the Lord will bless you too, Sarah. We come to the other part of the children's quiz. And I, I am needing runners. All right, the women didn't do too badly last week. We'll come back to the men. Uh, and maybe, maybe there's a young man from this side of the church and a young man from that side. William's volunteering. Good to have a volunteer, William. Somebody else. Good to have a volunteer rather than a conscript. And William, there's a wee piece of paper there. Don't you show that to anyone? Okay. The answer's around. You should have done that last week. Who's the other? Come quickly. Do not delay, but come. Joshua, you seem to be being volunteered or madly by, by your nephew, so we will get you up. These are the millennium children born this, this, this millennium. Thank you. What side are you going to? You're going to go that side. Okay, and you go to that side. Thank you very much. Now, we did put them in Ukrainian, and then I found out that uh, the Ukrainians are meeting separately uh, just now as we speak. So you can uh, read it in English or you can read it in Russian, whatever is your preference. Who were the first people to be told about the birth of Jesus? This is a continuation of the quiz of last week. So it's question 17. So you choose out somebody from this side that puts their hand up, William, and if they get the answer right, give them something out of that box. And you do likewise that side. All right, question 18. Who told the shepherds about Christ's birth? Put your hand up, young people. We've got answers both sides. How did the shepherds react when they saw the angel? How did they react? Question 20, what were the first words spoken by the angel? What did he say? Probably because of the reaction. What did the angel say? If you get it, you know, kind of right. Okay. Who did the angel tell them was born? 
try to get it in the words of the angel, if you can. All right, well done. What do you call the old man in the temple who saw the infant Christ? What do you call the old man in the temple? You want anybody from 17 down can answer these questions if you want. We'll classify anybody under 18 as a child today. Did you get anybody this side, William? Nobody willing to answer? Somebody now? Hand in hand with that. What do you call the old woman that was there? There's one or two of these in our congregation normally. No, you can't answer again if you wish. Who came from the east to worship Jesus when he was about two? There's a few of these people in the service today too. Like Reverend Stuart and I can't see anybody else just now. <laughs> Where did they come to at the start? Came to the wrong place. Where did they come to at the start? What had they seen in the sky? This is easy now. Somebody small might be able to answer this. What do they see in the sky? Question 27. Who wasn't happy about this? Somebody was very unhappy. You put your hand up, Elaine. We're just, just scratching your... <laughs> okay. Have to move on. Question 28. What did Herod... There, there's the answer to the previous one. What did Herod ask them to do? What did the wise men do when they saw the young child Jesus? Not what did they give, what did they do? What did they do? There's somebody over here as well, young Seth, just in case you can't see his hand with the big people beside him. And now, what gifts did they present? 
There's two more questions after this one, and it's finished. Okay. How many wise men were there? Did you think about this one now? How many wise men? And don't be listening to some of the songs and things. You might get it wrong. The answer is we don't know. Okay, just in case you're thinking three. Three gifts. The final question, what did Herod do when he didn't find Jesus? What did he do? That's the last question. If there's anything left in your wee box and somebody didn't get, some child didn't get, pass them out and keep the rest. Thank you, William, and thank you, Joshua. Appreciate what you've done. We're going to sing together. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy, mild God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem.
Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. As you find the place, there's one correction to make to the announcements, and that is very simply, there's no Sunday school next Sunday. It's the 1st of January, no Sunday school, and no Bible class, but they will resume uh, thereafter. Verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for what we've just read, the amazing story of the announcement made to Mary of that person that was to come. And Lord, we pray as we, we look at this woman who was in, indeed greatly blessed among all others, that thou wilt give us insight and wisdom and help and the grace of God. Speak to our hearts. Fill me now with God the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We said we wanted to speak on the Virgin Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and she's called blessed here in, in two of the texts that we've read together. Do you see how she is described by the angel in verse 28? When the angel came to her, he said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. I have no problem, therefore, saying that she is blessed, and so she is. And when you look at verse 48 that we read, there at the end of the text, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, says Mary. She was blessed. 
blessed, and we want to use the language of the Bible, she was blessed among women, not above women. And that's important to note. There's no doubt that she stands out from all the women of the Bible. In fact, we have to say all the women that ever lived in the history of the world. For this very reason, she was blessed among them all. Never do we read about Mary being worshipped. Not once. Never do we read about her being venerated in any way. Never do we read about her being made a mediator of any kind. Nowhere in Scripture is she viewed in such a way. In fact, it is blasphemy in the highest sense to worship anybody else or anything else other than God. Ancient Israel was forbidden to worship anyone or anything else. They were commanded again and again not to have any other gods before them. In fact, the first two commandments of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, make that abundantly clear. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Exodus chapter 20 and verses 4 and 5. In the temptations of Christ in the wilderness, when sorely tried by the devil, Satan took him into an exceeding high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the earth. And do you remember what Satan said to Christ? All these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. Of course, they were not his to give in the first place. The kingdoms of this world belong to God and God alone, but the devil was tempting Christ. All these things will I give you. All these nations of the earth will I give you. They were already his. If thou fall down and worship me. How did Jesus answer? like he answered every temptation. From the authority of God's Word, it's a good way to answer the devil. It is written, says the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So this statement is as clear as crystal. It is unmistakable. It is unequivocal. It is the unquestionable words from the lips of Christ himself. None else is to be worshipped other than God. The Scriptures, therefore, do not elevate Mary into a place of worship. She is not to be venerated. She is not to be bowed before. She is not a mediator. We are not to make graven images of her. Mary would not want this to be done to her or about her. No, in fact, her advice from the very beginning of our Lord's ministry is what we read in John chapter 2 and verse 5 at the first miracle that Christ performed at the wedding in Cana. Well, what did Mary say? Whatsoever he says unto you, do it. And what does Jesus say? Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Whatever he says, Mary says, do it. 
And if Jesus says you're not to worship anyone else or anything else, we better take him at his word. I want to point out we verse of Scripture, and I know you're familiar with it. It's Acts chapter 1, verse 14. When the ministry of Christ is over, Acts chapter 1 takes us to the ascension of Christ to glory, and he now leaves the earth until his coming again, not to return to this earth until the glorious second coming. So you come into Acts chapter 1, and then thereafter you have the history of the New Testament church, the preaching of the gospel, the gathering in of precious souls. And the Lord is taken into heaven after giving his final instructions to the disciples. And part of those instructions were to go back to the city of Jerusalem and get before God in prayer. Go and tarry, go and wait for the promise of the Father. And so there is this remarkable prayer meeting. And we read about it in verse 14 of Acts chapter 1. These all, having mentioned their names in verse 13, the, the, the names of the disciples, that is, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. I'm pointing out that text just to remind you that after this verse of Scripture, Acts chapter 1, verse 14, there's not one mention of Mary in the Bible. And that's just simply to remind us not to give her the place that God doesn't want us to give her. In the whole history of the church thereafter, she's not mentioned. No name is given after this verse, after this prayer meeting that she was in. Now, having said all this, we should give Mary her proper place, her God-given place, the place of respect and honor that she deserves. Forty years ago, there was an evangelist down in the area of Ardara, and he was doing door-to-door -door evangelism, and he came across a Roman Catholic lady. He was seeking to present to her the gospel. And the Roman Catholic lady was very quick to, to want to know, what does he think about Mary? And so she asked the question, what do you think about the Virgin Mary? And the evangelist, I believe, gave a very wise answer. And he just said to her, you know, I love her as a sister in the Lord. Not a good answer to give. We want to give Mary her proper place. The scripture presents to us an individual in the person of Mary, who was blessed among women. Luke records the account of Mary's meeting with the angel. Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Nazareth to a young woman who was engaged to be married to Joseph to inform her that she was highly favored and she was blessed among women. And the question that I'm going to give you just in the next number of minutes I'm going to ask you, I'm going to answer is why. Why was Mary blessed, so blessed among women? And the first reason is that she was the chosen instrument, the chosen one of Almighty God to bring Christ into the earth. For this reason, perhaps more than any other reason, Mary was highly favored and blessed among women in the sovereign eternal plan of Almighty God. Mary was the one individual 
who was chosen from all others to be that instrument in the hand of God to bring his son into the world. It's hard to compute how many people have lived on the earth from the beginning of time. Very hard to calculate that over the past 6,000 years in the history of this earth. We know that there are now around 8 billion people in the world. And some of the experts have said from the beginning of time until now, there have probably lived 80 billion people all together. The point is this. Out of the billions of people that have lived in the world during these six millenniums, only one, only one could be chosen to be our Lord's earthly mother to bring him into this earth. And that was Mary. And we have to say truly she was blessed. Blessed among women for this reason. Chosen by God to be the instrument in the hand of the Almighty to bring Christ into the earth. The second reason is that the angel Gabriel appeared to her. Now anyone who had a ministering angel appear to them must be classified as blessed indeed. To have one of the angelic hosts appear physically before you with a message from God must have been a high honor. For this did not happen often in the entire history of the world. Now there were millions of angels created by God at the beginning of time. Too many to count. Paul in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22 refers to them as an innumerable company of angels. The beloved John, in one of his visions, he saw and he heard many angels that he describes in the number as 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands. And again, I think that is just a description to tell us it's an innumerable company of angels. The Bible describes different classifications of angels. Some angels are, are the cherubim and the seraphim. They are seen as winged creatures. Cherubim attended the throne of God as guards, while the seraphim attended his throne by offering worship and praise. Ezekiel 1 verse 4 through to 28, chapter 10, the opening 22 verses, and of course the reference in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 2 to 6. You can look it up for yourself. And the Bible speaks about angels of light, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14, and fallen angels in 2 Peter 2, verse 4, and Jude, verse 6. Only three angels in the Bible are identified by name. One of them is Gabriel, the one that we're reading about here, <coughs> who appears only twice in the history of the world. First of all, in the period of Daniel, and we read about him in Daniel 8, 16, and chapter 9, verse 21. And then in Luke chapter 1, first of all, to Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, from verse 11 through to verse 20. And then we have him appearing to Mary. Verse 26 to 38. Then there's Michael, the archangel. He is also mentioned. We have his name mentioned in the prophecy of Daniel. He's mentioned in the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 9, and also in Revelation 12 and verse 7. 
And the third angel that is mentioned by name is Lucifer, the fallen angel in Isaiah 14, verse 12. Angelic beings are mentioned around 273 times in the Bible in 34 books of the Bible. And Mary had the privilege of having one of the highest-ranking angels visit with her with a message from God. Out of all the millions of angels, Gabriel is sent to this young woman, this high-ranking angel. And we have to say, surely Mary is blessed on that account. Thirdly, the mind of God concerning Christ is revealed to her. I would love to go into this in more detail, but you have it from verse 30 onwards, what the mind of God concerning Mary was. Here is the mind of the Lord revealed. At first, Mary is frightened at the appearance of the angel. We understand this. If any angel came to you the way that he came to to Mary, you would be frightened as well. But Gabriel speaks words of comfort, first of all. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And then the amazing news is conveyed about the son that would be born to this young virgin who would be called Jesus, who would be called the son of the highest, and who would be called the son of God. And of course, this news raised serious questions in the mind and the heart of this young virgin. How Shall this be, saying, I know not a man? You understand that question that Mary is asking? But again, Gabriel dispels her fears. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. My friends, this is the most amazing news of all, ever. I'm sure Mary had had difficulty processing this whole matter. She never was there uh, conveyed such news on earth before. Mary is honored with this heavenly proclamation, indeed blessed among women to receive such miraculous communication through the angel from God. Can I say it quickly? Mary had the privilege of raising Christ in his childhood. No one else had that honor. We speak about the silent years of Christ. We know little about the childhood of our Savior. We read about his birth and all those details surrounding the birth of Christ. We read about the wise men coming on that visit to his home when he was a child of one and a half, two years of age. And there's only one other detail given about the childhood of Christ when he was age 12, and it's Luke this gospel writer that tells us about it in Luke chapter 2 and verse 40 to 52. And that's a whole sermon in itself. But that's the only record in the childhood of Christ until he began his ministry, of course, at the age of 30. What Christ was in the home of Mary, what experiences she had as a mother, things that she would have enjoyed, bringing up Christ in her home. Really, they're all speculation. It would be guesswork on our part because the Scriptures do not tell us about the childhood of Christ. 
Much of what Mary experienced, I'm sure, was normal family life, the ordinary rearing of children, except for this one thing. Jesus never sinned. Can you imagine raising a child like that? We all know our darling little children, and this time of the year, some of them have been dressed up as angels, and we say they're angels. I have to say they're in great disguise. Uh, but we know our children are born with inbred sin, original sin, born in sin and shape and in iniquity. We know it's not long before they go astray, in fact, from their mother's womb. And we have to try and train up our children in the right way to teach them the right way because they're going to go astray because of sin in their heart. And you know that as a mother and you know that as a father. But Jesus never sinned. Imagine raising a child like that in your home. Mary had that privilege. Bringing up Christ. Never once did you have to rebuke him for doing wrong. Never once did you have to shout at him for doing something that was out of place. A perfect child indeed. What a privilege. Can I say, and there's just two more little thoughts that I want to leave with you. The presence of God was with her. Look at verse 28 of what we read in Luke chapter 1. The angel came to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Now, the two blessings that I'm going to mention in closing can be experienced by us today. And this is one of them. The Lord is with his redeemed children in a very special way. So close, so intimate, so graciously and tenderly with his children. He was with Mary. The angel is saying that to her. He is with us today. He has promised, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Oh, dear child of God, in, in every circumstance of life, whatever you are passing through, the Lord is with you. And we sought to emphasize that a little bit in the video this morning, taking the title of Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. In ill health, the Lord is with you as a child of God. In trial of great affliction, he's there. In financial struggles, he's there. Weighed down with family cares and burdens, he's there. And when your faith is tried and tested so severely, he's there. Of course, he's with you in the mountaintop as well, in the good times. But he's with you in the valley. In every condition, the hymn writer said, in sickness, in health, in poverty's veil or abounding in wealth, at home or abroad, on the land or the sea, as days may demand, shall thy strength ever be. Fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed. I, I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. Hymn writer goes on to speak about going through deep waters, and rivers of woe. Indeed, fiery trials and, and all hell endeavoring to shake you. The confident climax of the hymn finishes with the high note of God's unshakable guarantee. I'll never, no never, no never forsake. 
What is your situation today on this Christmas day? Are you in deep waters? The rivers of woe describe where you are at this very moment. Have fiery trials overtaken your pathway? Have the powers of hell sought to, to shake you and bring you into the valley of despair? What the angel said to Mary is something that can be said to every believing soul. The Lord is with thee. Rest in this truth. Know it was certainty in your heart. His everlasting arms are round about you. He's promised to be there in every circumstance of your life as you traverse this scene of time. One final point how she was blessed among women, and that is she obtained the mercy and the salvation of Christ. Didn't read the verses, but there is a song in Mary's heart as you continue to read chapter 1. Let's go to verse 46 and 47. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Mary was blessed with God's salvation. And this is the most important blessing of all. This is the highest privilege of all, to be saved by God's grace and to be washed from all sin in the Redeemer's blood. Mary, like every other sinner born into this world, needed to be saved if it was to be well with her in the great eternity of God. Oh, my friends, in a ransom of praise recorded here by the gospel writer, look, she rejoices in God, my Savior. There was a day in the life of Mary when she was converted, truly converted, when she exercised personal faith in the Lord to the saving of her precious soul. And this is a blessing. And we know it, those of us that are saved, this is a blessing that we can enjoy. We are blessed indeed when we come to have the experience of God's salvation. Many today here in this meeting have already experienced this. There was that moment, that moment in our life when we were born again of the Spirit of God and washed in the Redeemer's blood. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice on Thee, my Savior, and my God. And we have, like Mary, received God's salvation. What about you? There's others in this service and you don't know the Lord. You can't rejoice in, in God's salvation. You haven't trusted in the the merit of Christ and what he came to do. If you haven't done that, come today. Enter into the greatest blessing that you can enjoy. And I tell you, you will be blessed. Indeed, you will be blessed among others in this world who do not know Christ. I pray on this Christmas day that this will be the day when you will come to know God as your Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for your word. We thank you for Mary, and we give her the honor and the respect that the Scripture gives to her. We rejoice 
in those things that brought the light to her heart, all that she came to do, all that she came to see, the blessing of, of what she enjoyed, bringing Christ into the world and rearing him in his childhood, the fact that God was with her and, and most of all that she knew God's salvation. Lord, we pray for our people today, for any in this meeting or listening in on the internet, that you will speak to them if they know not the Lord. And as we think of Christ coming into the world and why he came to take away our sins by the sacrifice of himself, Lord, may there be those who will seek Christ now, call upon him, and come to know God's salvation in their heart and life for Jesus' sake. Amen. We close with a hymn 84. Jesus, my Savior, to Bethlehem came, born in a manger to sorrow and shame. Oh, it was wonderful. Blessed be his name. I want you to know he's seeking. He's seeking for you today. And you can sing, seeking for me. For me. For that's what he's doing even now at this service. Let's sing the words together. God, separate us now with your blessing. Grant us a good day on this Christmas day as families meet together perhaps as friendship is enjoyed with friends. Let the Lord be there in the wonder of his presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen.